flown. I have sailed. I have moved about this world of ours. And ever in search of the finest of its kind, we bring you the tops in Audio Drama Networks. This is Mutual. Previously on Wormwood, after the death of Emily Saunders, Charles and Katrina Edison have taken an interest in Dexter Nolan, but Charles is attacked and killed by the Muddy Man, and Katrina is on the run. Meanwhile, mysterious traveler Julian Callender attempted to acquire a sinister relic from Steve Haskell's ruined bar and is killed by Dr. Xander Crow. Dr. Xander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 12, Karma, written by Tiffany K. Whitney. that his head was hanging, hanging on by a few muscles. There was blood everywhere. That thing, it dropped Charles' body and trailed parts of him inside as it tore into the auditorium. It knew where I was. It looked up into the projection booth right at me. My God, Phineas, it was the muddy man. Oh, my poor Mrs. Edison. Please, Phineas, spare me the civility. I know you know what's going on. I know you can tell me what the hell that thing is doing and why it's coming after us. Katrina. Yes, of course. We've known each other a long time. Unfortunately, I cannot offer any explanation that will satisfy or make sense of your loss. (coughs) Muddy man. Muddy man is watching you. He'll drip from his bones till he finds you alone. The mighty man will snip you. <coughs> Did he, Katrina? Did the mighty man leave his mark on you? It, it bruised my arm. Or maybe it was the car door as I slammed it shut. I don't think it ever touched me. What does that even mean? Oh, 
poor child merely takes a splash. The rocks were swirling around its muddy hide. Scratch is inevitable. Is that supposed to keep me in line? I'm afraid it means that this is not at an end. You've been marked. And now the creature can operate by its own nature until it completes what it has been sent to do. Stop, stop, stop it. Don't feed me that horror story. That that thing was not a kitty spook story to make me behave. That goddamn monstrous thing was straight from hell. I'm afraid it's not. Right. It's another secret. I couldn't possibly understand. It killed Charles. Did I describe it well enough for you? It mutilated my husband. After everything we've done for you. Katrina, listen closely to me, my dear. This is not a house built without a sad foundation of sacrifice. It pains me to no end, but you have to understand that the ultimate goal is one worth dying for, and Charles understood that as should you. Sacrifice? Sacrifice for what, Phineas? Tell me how my husband's death serves a purpose. He was one of your own. I'm one of your own. That muddy man of yours came after me. He called out my name. To hell with his house! Sunrises and sunsets, Katrina. What? Even the most ambiguous of experiences become apparent with enough time spent suffering through them. Coincidence cannot be studied. The variables at play can never be assumed. With enough sunrises sunsets behind you. It's all too clear that we have very little control or the capability to truly understand the why of anything. Muddy man's activity has become very intentional and I do not begin to have the answer to why. Stop it. Make it stop. I'm, I'm old, Katrina. And I'm tired as I am weak. If I could stop all of the death, I would most quickly exert all of my authority to do so. <coughs> you, you will have to forgive me. I can't. I won't. You haven't let me finish. You'll have to forgive me for taking a moment to reinforce the importance of our actions. As I've said, I'm very broken up over the horrible death of... Mr. Edison, and I cannot even hint at expressing the appropriate empathy for your loss. But, Mrs. Edison, I need your assurance that even in this time of shock of grievance, your discretion will remain top priority. You're an evil old man, Phineas Debert. Perhaps. A little bit, yes. But aren't we all now and then? Now, why don't you take a moment for yourself and have some chocolate ice cream while we discuss the best way to continue forward with the well-being of the child? <laughs> chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. It's amazing what the cocoa bean can do to even the most foul of feminine moods. <laughs> Katrina, where will you go? Where will you be safe? We cannot afford for you to act dangerously. Don't be foolish. None of this would ever have happened if it weren't for that psychologist. The muddy man didn't kill until he came to town. It's his fault. He made it real. Dr. Crow, you can't leave this body here. If Sheriff Bradley comes back for anything, that is if he's even still bothering, we're going to... Right. Have you ever killed a man before? You look kind of sick. Well, uh, who hasn't on occasion, I must admit. They're usually not so deliberately. He had a knife. Yes. There's an incinerator out back. 
Don't worry about that. Here, it has a gas igniter. What if he isn't dead? What if he starts screaming? You see that dial? We just turn it up. Dr. Crow? You'd think this would convince me of the effects of drinking, but no. I'm taking that bottle I purchased with me. Dr. Crow? What about me? What about you, young lady? What you felt when you touched me. When you took your hand and made this thing move. It's still moving inside me, Dr. Crow. It's throbbing. Well, I... I would take your good Dr. Menno's advice and consider it a worm. Nothing to worry about. But you told me it's something else. Oh, I don't have time for this now. Every place I turn confounds me with more distractions. I have to avoid peering into the shadows in fear of what I'll see to take me off my path. You were scared. You can't just shrug it off now and leave it inside me. Look, you've been a wonderful... Uh, host so far, and it seems to have caused you no pain, no harm. Damn you. You're too late for that, Lamora. You have to understand that I must face matters one at a time. But I will... I will come back and riddle you free. You promise? <clears throat> you promise? I do. Here. You probably want your trench coat back. No, no. Keep it. Perhaps we can make a trade. The pendant? direct you straight to my voicemail. I was trying to incinerate a body, and I just couldn't be bothered to get into it again about how poorly I neglect you. I know murder is important, but I really need to talk to you. Going through stimulating withdrawal, are we? Smashing to know that you can't get enough of me since I was pulled away from Los Angeles. Pulled away sounds so businesslike. I'd describe it more as fleeing a disaster, but that's just me. No, really, Xander. I need to talk to you. And I, you. Now, listen. A lot's gone Can down. Can you Rachel. just wait a second? Sparrow, this is incredibly important to my purposes here. Don't I get purposes? I need you to look up a few things for me. That's your purpose right now. Um, Are you growling at me? Yes. Yes. I am most certainly assuming a canine-like trait to express my utter disgust for your selfish lack of interest in something that is kind of major to me at the Ooh, moment. Oh, getting a bit catty now, are we? What is it? How your mother died? My mother died when I was 16, oh, Xander. Look, hang on! I'm looking through his wallet. Oh, here we are. Julian Callender. I need to know about a Mr. Julian Callender. You do realize all you ever do is ask me about people's names, don't you? Yes! Well, this one just attacked me with a knife. Every time we talk, I become more and more enamored with this town. I believe he was after the Hilled Relic. What news do you have for me there? Much, well, give me something, damn it! How about I upload a curse to your phone that gives you the runs every time you answer it? This is no time for your nonsense, Sparrow. Hild means battle. She was one of the Valkyries. I'm not finding anything about demons outside of some anime thing. But there was a Saint Hild, a woman, often depicted turning serpents into stone. Stone? Really, like granite. Your guess is as good as mine, Xander. Oh, my guess is better. But even I'm confounded here, you know. I was with a young woman. Oh, spare me the details. Don't worry about that one. I intend to spare myself. Good. Otherwise, the people there are really desperate. Hilarious. You should teach classes. She was wearing a pendant, something that she said came from the town's rock quarry. The Hilled Relic. I believe so. I recognize it at first sight as clearly animal rather than mineral, like a, like a bone. It's black. It's almost like obsidian. And are you sure that it's not? Well, there isn't a volcano anywhere near this town, and never has been. Only demons have smooth black bone, Sparrow. And from the inquest of a rather charred fellow, whose remains I'm crossing my fingers will crumble into ash, or at the very least something unrecognizable as a human form, it appears to be the same relic sought by a very questionable character who just so happened to call bartender Steve's phone the day I found him ripped 
limb from limb. Xander, this is just about as vague as when you had me research a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, drowning victim. It's regrettably all I can give you. Even the girl didn't know what she was really wearing. Was wearing? She gave it up to you, did she? What do these girls see in you? It was a fair trade. Mm, send me a picture. Ah, yes. Now, Xander, can we switch gears? Work your magic, but not that kind. God, why do you care? This game is becoming more and more dangerous, Sparrow. The body count is rising quickly, even for our line of work. I need you on the straight and narrow. Remember what happened the last time you didn't take heed to my concern? Concern? Ha! You don't love me. I'm sorry. I'm still tripped up over the use of the word concern in relation to me. Give me a second. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I do remember what happened last time, actually. But if I didn't use it from time to time, your little find-me-a-dead-woman treasure hunt would have turned up a herbaceous perennial plant. You care more about answers than my welfare. Rubbish! You know what I've been trying to call you about, Xander? Marino. Not again. I think they saw my license plate the night I rescued you from those goons. It took them a while to connect the dots, but I think I'm being followed. As evidenced by what? That I can't go to get a cup of coffee without my spidey senses going haywire. And I swear, I keep seeing the same guy everywhere I go. Paranoia, my dear. If it were really the mob, wouldn't it make sense that you'd already be dead? Not unless they were making sure I knew where you were first. Huh. Well, everything will be fine. My back windshield was smashed, Xander. Look, love, you are far safer there than you are here. Now, if you'll just look up... Do it yourself. What did you say? You heard me. Well, I... Sparrow. Right! Fine! Fine, fine! Fine! Fine, 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 fine! 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 Sparrow? Sparrow? Deirdre, my regular. Women? Pardon? There's only two things that make a man drink that much at one time so early in the evening. Hair loss and women. It's six o'clock, dear, and you just gave yourself about three cocktails there. I like my coffee strong. You've got a full head of hair with no signs of recession. Perhaps I'm just miffed at the mere idea of developing a bald spot. Did you not listen to her? Say she was wrong? Did you tell her she was fat? What? The answer depends on what you did. There's a real clear-cut formula to patching things up with women. I just have to know A before I can give you B to make C. Do you ever give up? It's too much fun. I can read your palm if you really want to get in-depth. Oh, how gypsy of you. Suit yourself, doctor. Coffee's on me. I suppose I didn't listen to her. She was concerned about something silly. Um, silly is a matter of perspective. I personally think it's a little odd you prefer whiskey over cream in your coffee. Please, Deirdre. I'm in no mood to interpret ambiguities. Make your metaphor and move on. Maybe you need to try to understand her preference for whiskey in coffee. I take it back, please. No metaphors. What kind of diner would I be running if I gave you straight answers? Yes, indeed. Point taken. I'm going back to the inn. Perhaps your words of wisdom will make some sense after a few more drinks. I'll be back in the morning to let you know. Dr. Crow? Yes? You know the magic words, don't you? But please and thank you. Really, I have a splitting headache. I'm sorry. And that's all. Duly noted, Deirdre. Duly noted. I could give you a discount if you just pay for a month or something. You don't know how long you'll be here. Precisely. Advance payment places any possible unused funds at risk. Should I wrap up my work in the foreseeable future, I don't wish to tie myself up in obligations to this town for any longer than is required. I'm beginning to wonder if there's anything left here myself. Still mourning the loss of... Drowned woman. Yeah, thanks for that. Well, she was my woman before you showed up into town predicting her death. As I recall, wasn't that not the case? Some things are stronger than a gold band, Dr. Crow. Quite right. Well, 
I'm apologetic at any rate. Doesn't make it better. Thanks for the thought. I'm off to bed, then. I shall see you tomorrow to pay my bill. Again. Until I depart, or until you begin to disfavor my patronage, whichever comes first. Good night, Mr. Mason. Evening, Mrs. Edison. What in the world do you need a room for at this time? Oh my god! Dr. Crow, get down! <laughs> god! Mr. Mason, I didn't mean... Oh god, I have to go! What in the world is that? Mr. Mason, you're breathing! It's just my shoulder. I'll, I'll wrap it up in a minute. Oh, We have to go after her. Come on, Mrs. Edison's gone loony. Where did she go? I don't know, it's pitch black out here. Oh, look at that! Is that her? Ah! Come on! She tried to kill me! Yeah, but she shot me. My hero. Not normal, I promise. She's running to the road. Stop her! Katrina! Get down! Get away! Get away from me! No, no, no! Katrina! Katrina, no! Uh, what happened? Is she okay? Oh, she's fine. There's blood and mud. It's it's everywhere. It's, it's hard to tell what's Katrina and what's not. Katrina, oh God, don't tell me your name. Easy to be sympathetic, eh? Oh, she ran out into the road. I swear she was being chased. I can't believe this. Oh, the company's going to kill me. I assure you that Katrina feels your pain. Well, where's the guy? He, he chased her into the street. There's no way he wasn't hit. That wasn't a man. Yes, and I believe we are standing in... Ah, watch your step there, Mr. Driver. Audio journal of Dr. Xander Crow. And things have become immensely more complicated. And now this is broken too? Dr. Crow. Use your help over here. It's a real mess. And if you call an ambulance, my arm's killing me. Yes, of course. There's been an accident out near the Wormwood Inn. A gunshot wound and something a bit more grisly come at once. No, I will not stay on the line, Deputy Drexel. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. Created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers, Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the cast of Season 1 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Parozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Mr. Brezier, Phineas Tibbert, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley and Cedric Bloomington, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders and Deidre Frost, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel, Zachary Fawkes as Brent Saunders and Charles Edison, Cheyenne Besides as Lamora Haskell and Katrina Edison, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno, and Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaw, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town.
he said, came from the town's rock quarry, but for some reason all the people here cannot pronounce the word quarry properly. They say query. Anyway, look that up, will you? (laughs) (laughs) Was it me just recently? I thought I'd been pretty adamant about saying it right. (laughs) No, this time around you have been. (laughs) I was saying it wrong? No, No, you you were saying it right. (laughs) Giving me a complex, bro. (laughs) That's totally going to go to the end of one episode at the very end. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. Previously on Wormwood, after the death of Emily Saunders, Charles and Katrina Edison have taken an interest in Dexter Nolan, but Charles is attacked and killed by the Muddy Man, and Katrina is on the run. Meanwhile, mysterious traveler Julian Callender attempted to acquire a sinister relic from Steve Haskell's ruined bar and is killed by Dr. Xander Crow. Dr. Sander Crow down the dark pathways of the occult, and he was transformed. Now, chasing the vision of a dead woman, Dr. Crow finds himself in the haunted town of Wormwood, where evil lurks in the shadows and stains the souls of its inhabitants. Welcome to Wormwood. Episode 12, Karma, written by Tiffany K. Whitney. auditorium. It knew where I was. It looked up into the projection booth right at me. My God, Phineas, it was the muddy man. Oh, my poor Mrs. Edison. Please, Phineas, spare me the civility. I know you know what's going on. I know you can tell me what the hell that thing is doing and why it's coming after us. Katrina, yes, of course. We've known each other a long time. Unfortunately, I cannot offer any explanation that will satisfy or make sense of your loss. <coughs> Muddy man. Muddy man is watching you. He'll drip from his bones till he finds you alone. Muddy man will snip 
Tom. You. <coughs> Did he, Katrina? Did the muddy man leave his mark on you? It, it bruised my arm. All made was the car doors. I slammed it shut. I don't think it ever touched me. What does that even mean? Oh, poor child. Nearly takes a splash. The rocks were swirling around its muddy hide. Scratch is inevitable. Is that supposed to keep me in line? I'm afraid it means that this is not at an end. You've been marked. And now the creature can operate by its own nature until it completes what it has been sent to do. Stop, stop, stop it. Don't feed me that horror story. That that thing was not a kiddie spook story to make me behave. That goddamn monstrous thing was straight from hell. I'm afraid it's not. Right. It's another secret. I couldn't possibly understand. It killed Charles. Did I describe it well enough for you? It mutilated my husband. After everything we've done for you. Katrina, listen closely to me, my dear. This is not a house built without a sad foundation of sacrifice. It pains me to no end, but you have to understand that the ultimate goal is one worth dying for, and Charles understood that, as should you. Sacrifice? Sacrifice for what, Phineas? Tell me how my husband's death serves a purpose. He was one of your own. I'm one of your own. And that muddy man of yours came after me. He called out my name. To hell with this house! Sunrises and sunsets, Katrina. What? Even the most ambiguous of experiences become apparent with enough time spent suffering through them. Coincidence cannot be studied. The variables at play can never be assumed. With enough sunrises and sunsets behind you, it's all too clear that we have very little control or the capability to truly understand the why of anything. Muddy Man's activity has become very intentional, and I do not begin to have the answer to why. Stop it. Make it stop. I'm, I'm old, Katrina. And I'm tired as I am weak. If I could stop all of the death, I would most quickly exert all of my authority to do so. <coughs> you, you will have to forgive me. I can't. I won't. You haven't let me finish. You'll have to forgive me for taking a moment to reinforce the importance of our actions. As I've said... I'm very broken up over the horrible death of Mr. Edison, and I cannot even hint at expressing the appropriate empathy for your loss. But, Mrs. Edison, I need your assurance that even in this time of shock of grievance, your discretion will remain top priority. You're an evil old man, Phineas Dibbert. Perhaps. A little bit, yes. But aren't we all now and then? Now, why don't you take a moment for yourself and have some chocolate ice cream while we discuss the best way to continue forward with the well-being of the child? (laughs) Chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. It's amazing what the cocoa bean can do to even the most foul of feminine moods. Katrina, where will you go? Where will you be safe? We cannot afford for you to act dangerously. Don't be foolish. None of this would ever have happened if it weren't for that psychologist. The muddy man didn't kill until he came to town. It's his fault. He made it real. Dr. Crow, you can't leave this body here. If Sheriff Bradley comes back for anything, that is if he's even still bothering, 
We're going to. Right. Have you ever killed a man before? You look kind of sick. Well, uh, who hasn't on occasion, I must admit. Uh, usually not so deliberately. He had a knife. Yes. There's an incinerator out back. Don't worry about that. Here, it has a gas igniter. What if he isn't dead? What if he starts screaming? You see that dial? We just turn it up. Dr. Crow? You'd think this would convince me of the effects of drinking, but no. I'm taking that bottle I purchased with me. Dr. Crow? What about me? What about you, young lady? What you felt when you touched me. When you took your hand and made this thing move. It's still moving inside me, Dr. Crow. It's throbbing. Well, I... I would take your good Dr. Menno's advice and consider it a worm. Nothing to worry about. But you told me it's something else. Oh, I don't have time for this now. Every place I turn confounds me with more distractions. I have to avoid peering into the shadows in fear of what I'll see to take me off my path. You were scared. You can't just shrug it off now and leave it inside me. Look, you've been a wonderful uh, host so far, and it seems to have caused you no pain, no harm. Damn you. You're too late for that, Lamora. You have to understand that I must face matters one at a time. But I will... I will come back and riddle you free. You promise? <clears throat> you promise? I do. Here. You probably want your trench coat back. No, no. Keep it. Perhaps we can make a trade. The pendant? Sorry, Sparrow, I had to direct you straight to my voicemail. I was trying to incinerate a body, and I just couldn't be bothered to get into it again about how poorly I neglect you. I know murder is important, but I really need to talk to you. Going through stimulating withdrawal, are we? Smashing to know that you can't get enough of me since I was pulled away from Los Angeles. Pulled away sounds so businesslike. I'd describe it more as fleeing a disaster, but that's just me. No, really, Xander. I need to talk to you. And I, you. Now, listen. A lot's gone down. Can you just wait a second? Sparrow, this is incredibly important to my purposes here. Don't I get purposes? I need you to look up a few things for me. That's your purpose right now. Um, Are you growling at me? Yes. Yes. I am most certainly assuming a canine-like trait to express my utter disgust for your selfish lack of interest in something that is kind of major to me at the Ooh, moment. Oh, getting a bit catty now, are we? What is it? How your mother died? My mother died when I was 16, Xander. Uh, look, hang on. I'm looking through his wallet. Oh, here we are. Julian Callender. I need to know about a Mr. Julian Callender. You do realize all you ever do is ask me about people's names, don't you? Yes. Well, this one just attacked me with a knife. Every time we talk, I become more and more enamored with this town. I believe he was after the Hilled Relic. What news do you have for me there? Much, well, give me something, damn it! How about I upload a curse to your phone that gives you the runs every time you answer it? This is no time for your nonsense, Sarah. Hild means battle. She was one of the Valkyries. I'm not finding anything about demons outside of some anime thing. But there was a Saint Hild, a woman, often depicted turning serpents into stone. Stone? Really, like granite. Your guess is as good as mine, Xander. Oh, my guess is better. But even I'm confounded here, you know. I was with a young woman. Oh, spare me the details. Don't worry about that one. I intend to spare myself. Good. Otherwise, the people there are really desperate. Hilarious. You should teach classes. She was wearing a pendant, something that she said came from the town's rock quarry. The 
held relic? I believe so. I recognize it at first sight as clearly animal rather than mineral, like a like a bone. It's black. It's almost like obsidian. And are you sure that it's not? Well, there isn't a volcano anywhere near this town and never has been. Only demons have smooth black bones, Sparrow, and from the inquest of a rather charred fellow, whose remains I'm crossing my fingers will crumble into ash, or at the very least something unrecognizable as a human form, it appears to be the same relic sought by a very questionable character who just so happened to call bartender Steve's phone the day I found him ripped limb from limb. Xander. This is just about as vague as when you had me research a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, drowning victim. It's regrettably all I can give you. Even the girl didn't know what she was really wearing. Was wearing? She gave it up to you, did she? What do these girls see in you? It was a fair trade. Mm, send me a picture. Ah, yes. Now, Xander, can we switch gears? Work your magic, but not that kind. God, why do you care? This game is becoming more and more dangerous, Sparrow. The body count is rising quickly, even for our line of work. I need you on the straight and narrow. Remember what happened the last time you didn't take heed to my concern? Concern? Ha! You don't love me. I'm sorry. I'm still tripped up over the use of the word concern in relation to me. Give me a second. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I do remember what happened last time, actually. But if I didn't use it from time to time, your little find-me-a-dead-woman treasure hunt would have turned up a herbaceous perennial plant. You care more about answers than my welfare. Rubbish! You know what I've been trying to call you about, Xander? Marino. Not again. I think they saw my license plate the night I rescued you from those goons. It took them a while to connect the dots, but I think I'm being followed. As evidenced by what? That I can't go to get a cup of coffee without my spidey senses going haywire? And I swear, I keep seeing the same guy everywhere I go. Paranoia, my dear. If it were really the mob, wouldn't it make sense that you'd already be dead? Not unless they were making sure I knew where you were first. Well, everything will be fine. My back windshield was smashed, Xander. Look, love, you are far safer there than you are here. Now, if you'll just look up... Do it yourself. What did you say? You heard me. Well, Sparrow. Right! Fine! Fine, fine! 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 Sparrow? Sparrow? Deirdre, my regular. Women? Pardon? There's only two things that make a man drink that much at one time so early in the evening. Hair loss and women. It's six o'clock, dear, and you just gave yourself about three cocktails there. I like my coffee strong. You've got a full head of hair with no signs of recession. Perhaps I'm just miffed at the mere idea of developing a bald spot. Did you not listen to her? Say she was wrong? Did you tell her she was fat? What? The answer depends on what you did. There's a real clear-cut formula to patching things up with women. I just have to know A before I can give you B to make C. Do you ever give up? It's too much fun. I can read your palm if you really want to get in-depth. Oh, how gypsy of you. Suit yourself, doctor. Coffee's on me. I suppose I didn't listen to her. She was concerned about something silly. Um, silly is a matter of perspective. I personally think it's a little odd you prefer whiskey over cream in your coffee. Please, Deirdre. I'm in no mood to interpret ambiguities. Make your metaphor and move on. Maybe you need to try to understand her preference for whiskey in coffee. I take it back, please. No metaphors. What kind of diner would I be running if I gave you straight answers? Yes, indeed. Point taken. I'm going back to the inn. Perhaps your words of wisdom will make some sense after a few more drinks. I'll be back in the morning to let you know. Dr. Crow? Yes? You know the magic words, don't you? But please and thank you. Really, I have a splitting headache. I'm sorry. And that's all. Duly noted, Deirdre. Duly noted. You know, I could give you a discount if you just pay for a month or something. 
You don't know how long you'll be here. Precisely. Advance payment places any possible unused funds at risk. Should I wrap up my work in the foreseeable future, I don't wish to tie myself up in obligations to this town for any longer than is required. I'm beginning to wonder if there's anything left here myself. Still mourning the loss of... Drowned woman. Yeah, thanks for that. Well, she was my woman before you showed up into town predicting her death. As I recall, wasn't that not the case? Some things are stronger than a gold band, Dr. Crow. Quite right. Well, I'm apologetic at any rate. Doesn't make it better. Thanks for the thought. I'm off to bed, then. I shall see you tomorrow to pay my bill. Again. Until I depart, or until you begin to disfavor my patronage, whichever comes first. Good night, Mr. Mason. Evening, Mrs. Edison. What in the world do you need a room for at this time? Oh my god! Dr. Crow, get down! <coughs> god! Mr. Mason, I didn't mean... Oh god, I have to go! What in the world is that? Mr. Mason, you're breathing! It's just my shoulder. I'll, I'll wrap it up in a minute. Oh, We have to go after her. Come on, Mrs. Edison's gone loony. Where did you go? I don't know. It's pitch black out here. Oh, over there! Is that her? Ah! Come on! She tried to kill me! Yeah, but she shot me. My hero. Not normal, I promise. She's running to the road. Stop her! Katrina! Oh, she's fine. There's blood and mud. It's it's everywhere. It's hard to tell what's Katrina and what's not. Katrina? Oh, God, don't tell me her name. Easy to be sympathetic, eh? Oh, she ran right into the road. I swear she was being chased. I can't believe this other company's going to kill me. I assure you that Katrina feels your pain. Well, where's the guy? He, he chased her into the street. There's no way he wasn't hit. That wasn't a man. Yes. audio journal of Dr. Xander Crow, and things have become immensely more complicated. And now this is broken too? Dr. Crow, we could use your help over here. It's a real mess, and if you call an ambulance, my arm's killing me. Yes, of course. There's been an accident out near the Wormwood Inn. Gunshot wound and something a bit more grisly come at once. No, I will not stay on the line, Deputy Drexel. To be continued on the next episode of Wormwood. Created by David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers, Wormwood is an original podcast produced by Habit Forming Films, LLC, featuring the cast of Season 1 characters. Arthur Russell as Dr. Xander Crow, Sonia Parozzi as Sparrow and Rachel Nolan, Joe J. Thomas as Hank Mason, Mr. Brezier, Phineas Tibbert, and your announcer, Rob Grindlinger as Sheriff Tom Bradley and Cedric Bloomington, Coralie Nickars as Emily Saunders and Deidre Frost, Scott Olenek as Jacob Kidder, Andrew Ramirez as Dexter Nolan, Dave Johnston as Deputy Wayne Drexel, Zachary Fawkes as Brent Saunders and Charles Edison, Cheyenne Besides as Lamora Haskell and Katrina Edison, Anna Maganini as Lynette Bradley, Chris Blaylock as Dr. Pete Menno, and Peter Dirksen as Jimmy Details and Jonesy. Additional voices provided by the talented cast. Staff writers, Jeremiah Allen, Rob Allspaugh, Tiffany K. Whitney, and Rick Beta. Executive producers, David Acampo and Jeremy Rogers. Original music compositions by Todd Hodges. Sound effects engineered by Chris Sahakian. Copyright 2007, Habit Forming Films, LLC. 
Wormwood is a serialized podcast and cannot be distributed in part or whole outside of the podcast format without written consent from the creators. For more information on the cast and writers and individual episode credits, visit www.wormwoodshow.com. Thank you for listening, and welcome to town. For some reason, all people here cannot pronounce the word quarry properly. They say query. Anyway, look that up, will you? (laughs) (laughs) Was it me just recently? I thought I've been pretty adamant about saying it right. No, this time around you have been. (laughs) I was saying it wrong? No, No, you you, you were saying it right. (laughs) Giving me a complex, crap. That's totally going to go to the end of one episode, at the very end. You're listening to Tuesday Terrors on the Mutual Audio Network. Tomorrow is our weekly anthology for science fiction and fantasy with Wednesday Wonders. Subscribe to the full Mutual Audio Network feed for every day of amazing audio. Or find the Wednesday Wonders feed in your favorite podcast players. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.